welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Amen. How many of y'all thankful you came to church already? Praise God. Well, before you're seated, why don't you look at somebody and say, aren't you glad you came to church? Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, before I start preaching, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I know I came out of a time where I've been teaching, but this morning I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that there will be some preaching. <laughs> Turn on the air conditioners. Amen. How many of y'all know when the enemy gets loud, you've got to get louder? Right? But I want to do something this morning. It's Veterans Day weekend. I want to honor all our veterans this morning. So if you're a veteran of the United States of America, I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. Amen. Amen. We got the Navy, the Army, the Marines, Air Force, and Coast Guard. We salute you guys. How many of y'all know we live in the greatest country in all the world? I believe that. United States of America, I say this all the time if you're new here, Israel is a nation that God chose. How many of y'all know we're going to continue to pray for the state of Israel? And, uh, but I believe the United States is blessed because we are the country that chose God. And uh, I also want to recognize, I know there's kids or, or family members that are represented in the room. Uh, we got Luke Devaney, Marine Corps, right now. He's stationed up in Washington. Amen. And uh, I'm sure there's some more in, inside the room. Kagan, Kagan Gibbs, amen. Uh, Marine Corps. I want to show you our Marine. There he is on, uh, on the right. Noel, there he is, posted up on Halloween. <clears throat> amen. How many of y'all know he is there for such a time as this? I believe all of them that are in there, and I believe God's protection is over him and I said, son, don't trip nobody. He said, dad, I don't have to. <laughs> Just kidding. I know he's watching. He's like, dad, you probably shouldn't say that. But anyway, uh, Ecclesiastes. We are in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1. And if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, that's what uh, we've been preaching out of Ezekiel chapter 9. And studying this, I always... I'll probably go way more in depth than I should, but uh, in reading the book of Ezekiel, uh, which the word was given to me, and I begin to unpack that, in Ezekiel chapter 9, it tells us that uh, the prophet Ezekiel went throughout the sanctuary and began to mark the people of God that would sigh and grieve over the repulsive acts of their nation, and so he began to put a mark on them, and, and through all of this, Ezekiel chapter 1, I just said, Lord, give me a fresh revelation, as I do every year as I read the word of God. And there is some rabbit trails that I've been down, not only just being in Bible school and some things, but I love symbolisms of stuff, just like the oil. If you have questions about that, of marking them with oil this morning, that symbolizes. There's things that we do in the natural that ha take place in the supernatural. And there's symbolisms through the book of Revelation and Ezekiel here is the face of the lion, the face of the ox, the face of the man, and the face of the eagle. And if you uh, uh, have sat under some kind of teaching, there's been times where I've alluded to this before out of the book of Revelation, but all of these have meaning. The face of the lion is where I went last week, is, is the face of authority. Everybody say authority. 
the face of the ox is the face of humility. The face of the man is the face of humanity. And the face of the eagle is the face of spirituality. And the rabbis really believe this. As they begin to unpack this, people begin to think that the symbolism of this lion, uh, it, it is the greatest of all wild animals. How many of y'all know when we watched the movie in Disney, we did not re, uh, uh, watch one about a deer king? We didn't watch about a dolphin king. We watched one about what? A lion king. Mufasa. Right? Oh, I just can't wait to be king. All right? They didn't make the pig the king of the jungle or Timon or whatever that little short prairie dog is or whatever he is. Sod poodle. All right? Didn't make him the king of the jungle. But how many of y'all know there's only one king of the jungle and it is the lion? Right? And it has a roar. And I'm just here to tell you, the line of the tribe of Judah lives on the inside of you. And there is a time that you've got to have a roar that rises up on the in, inside. Amen? And, and the other one, he talks about the, the ox, which is probably the greatest domestic animal. It's been used for centuries to pull, uh, uh, to pull plows. But the also, Bible also tells us in Isaiah 53 that he was our beast of burden. The Bible also tells us that we ought to cast all our care on him for he cares for us. The book of Mark tells us that he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. It's such an act of humility of what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. He truly is the ox. And we also see this face of the man we celebrate at this time of the year. Actually, this week on Thursday, we're going to put 4,000 Christmas trees around here. Because in Luke chapter 2, we celebrate that of the man. How many of y'all know he came through the birth canal? He's all God, but he was all man as well. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that he was tempted in all ways of man, but yet did not give in to any of them. Aren't you thankful that we have a Savior that came, went through all the emotions, was tempted in the wilderness just as you and I did, but used the word of God. It is written to come against all of them. The last one is the eagle, the sign of spirituality. An eagle soars. It's amazing all the things that eagles have. In fact, it's celebrating the United States of America. I'm thankful that America doesn't have, you know, like a pelican on there. Dooper dee dooper dooper doo. But we have an eagle. How many of y'all know an eagle is powerful? It's amazing the, the, all the things about an eagle's beak and the eagle's talons and how sharp they are and all this different stuff. But an eagle is the greatest animal that's ever flown off the ground. Because it's the only one that has the ability to fall miles out of the air. And before it hits the ground, it has its able feet off the ground. It's the only bird that has the ability to pull its wings up and come off the ground. Well, they said it about Jesus. But on the third day, he pulled them wings up and he began to soar in victory. Oh, did, oh, y'all didn't come to have church this morning? Is it all right if I get a little bit excited about the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he's not dead, but he's still alive? But I love the symbolism of the eagle. I love it. I, I, and, but I, that's not my message. My message we see in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 1 in verse 10, it says, regarding the form and appearance of their faces, he had the face of a man, and each had the face of a lion, on the right side and the face of an ox on the left side. And all four also had the face of an eagle on the back of their heads. And so if you were here last week, I was talking about the line and how it speaks of authority. Everybody say authority. How many of y'all know if we're to be effective in life, there comes a time when, like the line, we need a roar with authority. If you have your Bibles, open them to Mark chapter 13 just real quick. 
I want to uh, go over one passage of text that we went over last week and then go to a new one in Luke chapter 10. But in Mark 13, if you know anything about this particular text, you know this, that Jesus is talking about all the signs. In Matthew 24, he's telling us of wars and rumors of war and how hearts will wax cold. But he says this in verse, go to verse 33 first. This is old King James. I told you I might get Pentecost on you this morning. Verse 33. Do you have it? If you don't have it, I'll go to 34. For the Son of Man is as a man. There it is. Wow. Let's give it up for Andy. Is that you, Andy? Thank you, Andy. Come on, Andy. Be on your guard and watch and pray, for you do not know when the time will come. How many of y'all know he'll come like a thief in the night? How many of y'all know your heart always has to be ready for Jesus to come back? Amen? And, and uh, so it says, for the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey. I mean, y'all know he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. So he is left, but how many of y'all know he's coming back? I'm going to say that again. He's coming back. If you're not aware, he's coming back. Who left his house. Remember, the veil was torn in half when Jesus died on the cross. So now we can boldly go into the throne room of grace, as Hebrews tells us who left his house, now we can go there on our own. And it says, and gave, oh, and gave, and gave, and gave. I need to hear from the young people. And gave, all right, that's good. And gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. He said, but I'm leaving but I am putting into your hands an authority to every person that is a servant of God. Now, lift your hands if you're a servant of God, all right? If you don't have your hand raised, I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service. If you're a servant of God, you need to know this. You have a right to live in authority. If you're a servant of God, you have a right to live in authority. You have to know your authority. Now, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to start in verse 17. This is a great passage of text. Many people say that Jesus only had 12 disciples, but right here we learn that he had 70. And he sends them out. It says in verse 1, Now after this the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two into every city and place where he was about to go. I love this text. In fact, this, this, this year I wrote this in my Bible. This is where we learn to be ambassadors for Christ, neighbors like Christ, and lovers of Christ. But they come back, and the verse, it's, well, I want to pick up in verse 17. It says, the 70 return with joy. How many of y'all know when you do the work of God, in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. They return with an excitement saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Everybody say name. Everybody say authority. Everybody say name. Everybody say authority. So he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now, I believe that Jesus is not only talking about the time that he literally saw Satan fall like lightning. Going back to the beginning, Lucifer in the book of Ezekiel, how he fell because of pride inside of his heart, wanting to be like God, and he was cast out into the depths of the earth into hell. Yes, I said hell. There is a hell, and well, we spell it H-A-L-E in Texas. But there, I mean, y'all know there is a heaven and there is a hell. And Jesus actually talked more about hell than he did about heaven. Because people need to know that there is a hell and there is a devil that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. But God comes and gives it more life and life more abundantly. Amen? 
So anyways, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I believe he's not only talking about that, but I think he's also talking about when they come back with joy, he, they're saying, in your name we cast out devils. I believe he's telling them that when you go and lay hands on the sick, when you pray for one another, when you, when you do share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, how many of y'all know Satan falls? I'm going to say it again. How many of y'all know Satan falls? I believe, I believe that's what he's telling them right there. But then, this is really what I want to get at. Verse 19, he said, listen carefully, I have given you authority. I have given you authority. Respect my authority. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing. Everybody say nothing. Everybody say nothing. Everybody say nothing. See, you see this, you get authority in a name and nothing will harm you. I know at the denominational church down the road, they may not tell you this because they want all the authority to go to the preacher, but I'm a preacher that loves you so much that the Word of God speaks to every servant of God that you can walk in authority in the name of Jesus. That it doesn't matter what comes up against you, who comes against you, what disease comes against you. How many of y'all know it has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus? Are you awake out there this morning? Where's all the Christians at? Amen? So real quick, what is it? Authority is delegated power. It's delegated power. Uh, and it's not in your own strength. I gave some examples last week about this, but I want to kind of go into further detail. But it's like when I do a, a marriage of a, a man and wife that wants to get married. They come up and I say, wife, true wife. We are gazon, gazon. Although people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you kids are like, you are so strange. It's a movie, Princess Bride. Great show, by the way. But when they come up at the very end, I say this, by the power that has been invested in me by the state of Texas in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you may kiss your bride. See, I really, they have, it's nothing that I've done. Now, anybody can do it now. I think you can get ordained by the internet any which way you want to. Send you a certificate. I have no schooling or whatsoever. But I'm, I'm here to, I'm just saying the state of Texas has now, now I believe that, how many of y'all know this is a spiritual contract? The death of two wills and it's the birthing of one. That a man would leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. That they'd be welded together. Now that's all spiritual talk. But I'm telling you in the natural, they have delegated power to me by the state of Texas to write on a piece of paper that this mister and this missus are now together. It's not in my own strength. It's the strength that they gave me to do it. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Go ahead and put it up on the screen. But it's a great text that you all should know. But this is what it says. Uh. It's New American Standard. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. I'll give you another example. How many of y'all went to the fair rodeo this year? All right. Let me see a show of hands if people went to the fair rodeo. Okay. If you went the night that I went, there was a guy that probably weighed 150 bucks soaking wet. 100, 150 pounds soaking wet. 
But he had a 12, 1,300-pound paint horse that he could have sent like a dog. What Didn't he? It's amazing. He could have him roll over. He'd lay down. He'd get on top of him. But speaking from experience, horses have way more power than you and I. Right? I mean, I'm telling you, I've been kicked so hard before that there has been times, the next time, you couldn't get a needle in my butt with a tid-pan sledgehammer. I promise you. They carry a power to break your bones. But you know what that guy showed me? That he had a delegated authority over that animal. He had spent so much time with that animal. And, you know, this is a great explanation for you and I. Because when you spend some time with somebody with power, you begin to have that power on the inside of you. And I'm here to tell you, when you spend more time in the Word than you do on Facebook, there is a power that can get released on the inside of you. But I'm just trying to show you this morning that it's delegated power, it's authority. Is it bigger, that, is that horse have more strength and more power than him? Yes, absolutely, by a thousand or more pounds. But because of authority that he carries, that animal literally kneels down to him. I'm going to go home and do this over my dogs when I get home, all right? But Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the apostle Paul's writing the church at Ephesus, and he gives so much good insight. In fact, I need a whole new book of Ephesians in this Bible right here because I read Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 every morning because I believe that the Lord can give me wisdom and revelation every time I spend time with him. And I believe Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 that he would grant unto me by his rich treasure and glory, strengthen me, reinforce me with might to his inner man, the Holy Spirit himself, to my inmost being and personality that I would know the height, the depth, and length and width of God's love. Right? And so I believe that. But in the very end of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, he says, finally, I know I've shared with you about marriage. I've talked to you about coworkers. I've talked about kids. I've talked about your relationship with the Lord. I talked about in Ephesians chapter 1 that you will receive every spiritual blessing in high places. How many of y'all received that this morning? That we can walk in that. But then at the very end in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, he said, finally, if you don't get anything else, I hope you get this. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power. Everybody say power. Everybody say authority. Everybody say authority. The power of his might. So number one, what is it? It's delegated power. Number two, it's yours. Everybody say it's mine. Authority is mine. You need to know that. I hope you leave here. It's mine. It is mine. You can't have it. It's mine. First Corinthians tells us that he is the head and we are the body. How many of y'all know he is the head and we are the body? I heard a great story. I read it this week in a book that I'm reading about in World War II, there was a famous church there that is still in France. And during World War II, when, when the Nazis began to invade uh, France and in that area, there was a great sculpture of Jesus out in front. And this sculpture had lost its hands from the wrist up. And so people put money together. This was a year after the war. And so people put money together and said, we need to put the hands of Jesus back on there. 
and they called the sculpture, the guy who put it together, and said, hey, could you do this, and how much would you do it for? He said, yeah, I'll do it, and actually, I'll do it for free. And he was on his way there, and the preacher met him out front and said, you're not putting hands back on Jesus because I believe my people need to see that his hands are gone for a reason because we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus? He said, it's in the body. It, uh, uh, it's it's in us. We're to be his hand. So we know this in 1 Corinthians that it tells us that he's the head and we are the body. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he transferred his authority on earth to his body, the church. So in God's mind, when Christ was raised, we were raised. Nod your head if you agree with me this morning. If you don't agree, talk to me after the service. So in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, New Living Testament says that God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So both the head and the body are seated there next to God in the place of power and authority. That means we are seated there. You are seated in the throne room of God. You are seated in a place of authority. You are seated in the air position according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 17. That means that everything that's his, including his authority, now belongs to me. If you don't believe that, that's fine, but that's what I believe. And I'm going to walk in authority. You remember the story, or, or remember the passage in John chapter 14. Jesus says, I'm leaving. They're a little bit freaked out, like, man, you can't go. We finally started living in victory in our life. But he begins to tell them, you know, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, trust in me. Believe also, believe also in me. He said, I'm going, but I'm going to come back. But in verse 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And then in verse 12, he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me will also do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then he says something. He said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Everybody say name. Everybody say name. Everybody say name. Everybody say authority. Oh, you're getting it. He said, and I will do whatever you ask me in my name, and this I will do so that the Father may be glorified and celebrated in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, there's something about the name of Jesus. I said it this morning. I always think about this. You know the Johnny Cash song? Bill and George and Jeff, but anything but Sue. Boy named Sue. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. It's actually a real song. It's about this boy named Sue. You don't name your boy Sue. But my, my whole point is this. I always think about the devil, and I think about demons. I think they're, they're, they're thinking, use Bill, George, or Jeff, anything but the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. How many of y'all know his name is above every name? So I was thinking about this. The, the second one, it's mine. I claim it. The third thing. So I talked about what it is. I told you that it's yours. And the third thing is this. You need to use it. You've got to use it. How many of y'all know, there's some of y'all out there, you have some great guns. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. You have some great guns. Then you got married and whipped, and you don't go hunting anymore. All right? If you're not using it, call me. I would love to take it off your hands. Praise the Lord. All right? But how many of y'all know a gun in the closet is going to do you no good? Right? A weapon in the closet is going to do you no good. You've got to get the weapon out and load it. 
Amen? And begin to use it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I refuse to have a weapon that I'm not going to use. In fact, there's some of you, y'all have some really fancy ones. I don't even need one fancy. I need one that works. Right? I want one that is usable. That every time I pull the trigger, in fact, I have the Benelli shotgun, and it's super nice. But when it gets cold, it jams up. But I'll tell you, there is a Remington 870 Express that has stains from the first goose I shot when I was 13 years old that has rust on it. But I'm telling you, it don't matter where I am, it always works. Can I tell you, there is an authority in the word of Jesus that he gives us that it always works like a Remington 870 Express shotgun. In the word, the Bible says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord lives on forever. If you sat under here any time before, I've told you this because my dad used to tell me this, never underestimate the power of one scripture. You may only know one scripture, God so loved the world, John 3, 16. Listen, you may need to be reminded of the love of God in your life. You tell yourself that scripture because there is authority in the word. When Moses had left this earth and he, he was going into the promised land and left it to his son or his, his, his um, nephew, uh, Joshua, what did he tell him? He said, be strong in the Lord and the No, he didn't tell him that. He said, be strong and very courageous. And then uh, Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Amen. Then you'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have a great success. What did David open up the Psalms? How many of y'all thankful for Psalms? Psalm 91, Psalm 23, but Psalm 1, 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And if he meditates on it, he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth due fruit and due season. He said, His leaf will not wither, and whatever he puts his hand to shall and will prosper. I'm telling you, there is an authority in the word of God. What happened when Jesus was tempted in Mark chapter 4 by the enemy in the wilderness? He was tempted in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He didn't come up with some kind, I mean, he could have used it all. But you know what he did? The authority of the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm telling you, there is an authority that you've got to have. What was the first weapon in Ephesians chapter 6? We love the shield of faith. We love the sword of the spirit. But the first one was the belt that nobody pays attention to, and it is the written word of God. Come on, the best authority, one of the best authorities you have in your life is the word. When you can't do something, tell yourself, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you need protection in your life, Psalm 91 and verse 1, it tells us, He who abides in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord that he's my refuge and fortress. It's in him I put my trust. Are you guys awake this morning? There's something about the Word. There's authority in the Word. There's authority in the Word. The next one, there's authority in the blood of Jesus. There's authority in the blood. Going back to Exodus 12. He said, I will pass over the ones who have blood over their doorpost. How many of y'all know there is power in the blood? There is power, power, one-working power in the blood. Come on. There you guys. Hey, we're going to have a Texas hoedown church service this morning. Amen. There's power in the blood. There's authority in the blood. There's a re- what does it say in Ephesians chapter 1? It says from the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ, there's redemption in the blood. 
There is victory in the blood. We can now go before the Lord. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Come on. Or maybe 19. I don't know. I can see it with my eyes. But we can come into fellowship because of the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes we are healed. You know there was blood poured out when stripes were on his back. We can walk in healing. We can walk in protection in the blood. Come on, we can walk in victory. What does it say in Revelation chapter 12? We've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But the whole reason I wanted these kids to be in the room today, because the number one thing, and you can ask my son right here, what we do in the Bennett home to take authority in our house, we always go to the authority of the name of Jesus. Now, I know there's some of y'all in here that you just enjoy coming and getting entertained by the praise and worship team and maybe by the preacher. But I hope it shifts today something in the room by the anointing of God. That you go from being a pew dweller to somebody who walks in authority inside of your home. Because if you're a servant of God, he said, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving you with authority. And I'm just here to tell you, there is an authority in the name of Jesus. There is an authority in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. We put it up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outrang or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty, mighty, mighty of power. I already talked to you about that. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high in verse 4. If you want to run, go ahead, because I'm talking about the name of Jesus right here. Taking a place and rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious, the glorious, oh, the glorious, a which he has inherited and is different from and more excellent than theirs. Do you believe it this morning? All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him, has freely bestowed on him the, 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 the name that is above every name, verse 10, that in the name of Jesus... I need to stand on the chair. Find me a chair. In the name of Jesus, every, 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 come on. I know there's a neighbor you're thinking about right now. There's a senator. There's a house of representative. There is somebody. I, how many of y'all? Cancer. High blood pressure. Listen, I've had it. I'm, come on. Every knee should, must bow. Must. Oh, ooh, Jesus. Ooh, can you hear him? Ah, I'm going to say it a million to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Every devil in hell has to run. In heaven and on earth and, on, and under the earth, verse 11, and every tongue confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody say authority in the name of Jesus. All right, let's go to Ephesians 1, verse 20. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own 
right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, every name that is named. Caesar Augustus, his name ain't hold a candle, right? Any name in history above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. There is authority in the name of Jesus. I'm trying not to get it real excited, but hey, it works. If you're a servant of God, you need to know this. In the name of Jesus, when you're scared, when you're up against something that's bigger than you, there is something. Kids, this is why I want you to be in here. Me and Pastor T's been talking about this of, 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 in 1 John, talking about children and young men and, and God or, or, or and fathers. And I'm telling you, I, it's been on my heart for you young people. These, these are the basics of you walking in victory is using the name of Jesus. No matter where you are, whatever you're going through, I'm telling you, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can I get a nod from the parents and from the grandparents out there? We got to use the name of Jesus. All right, Mark chapter 16. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly. How many of y'all know this is a great commission to every creature? Verse 16, he said, he who believes, who adheres and trusts and relies on the gospel and in him whom it sets forth and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe, go to verse 17, be condemned. Oh, thank you for that. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. Now, remember, I told you last week, believers don't go after a sign. Believers have signs that follow them. Because in my name, y'all see this, kids? In my name, the name of Jesus, this is red print. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues, new language. They will pick up serpents, and even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Now, I used to tell this story in youth, 1149, in the name of Jesus. Go back to 39. Lord, have mercy. But I used to tell this story in youth and kids. I got this book. By Willie George's Hero of the Faith. Church on the Move, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he was Gospel Bill growing up. And then he was uh, uh, Bill Gunner. But anyways, there's this book that he has. And it's about this story of these two kids that were in the rice fields of Colombia. And there was this man that was over them. His name was Gregorio. And the two kids was Pepe and Luisa. Now, Pepe and Luisa, they, they work for Gregorio. Well, this man comes out. And he's an evangelist, and he comes to him, and he says, he says to him, he says, um, he said, hey, I want you to know that we're having an old-fashioned tent revival down here in, inside of town, and I'd love for all of you to come. Well, they said, well, we don't know anything about that. Well, then Gregorio comes out and says, if I hear of anybody who goes to this tent revival, you will, all right? Freaks the kids out. Well, the first night, they hear down there at the tent revival, they hear, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord. They hear this music. The next night, they hear him singing some more. The next night, they hear him singing some more. And he said, oh, Luisa, we have to go down to that tent revival. They're from Colombia. That's why I'm talking like this. We have to go down there. And she said, oh, Pepe, if we go down there, you heard what Gregorio said. He said, He said, oh, but I can't stand it. I have to go down there and see what's going on. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. 
The accent's even real. So they go down to this tent revival that, that one particular night. They go down there, and they begin to hear the gospel preached. They see these people full of joy. They answer the altar Go down, they give their life to the Lord. The next night, they sneak back over there. They're in this tent revival. The next night, they go back, and they're just full of, you know, full of it. And they come back, and they're going through the woods. And they're singing, this is the day, this is the day. And Gregorio steps out of the woods. He said, listen, I told you kids, if you were involved in any of these services, any of these meetings, it would be. And they learned something that very night. The preacher began to talk about the name of Jesus, that at his name every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Pepe looked at Luisa, and Luisa looked at Pepe, and they said, we have to use the name of Jesus. And they said, in the name of Jesus. No, they said, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Gregorio, he packs his, you know, he tucks his tail, and he runs out of the woods. This is a true story. The next day they go to work and it's like, oh, no, I wonder if he's going to show up. And what in the world was that all about? I can't believe he was freaked out by us. And they come back and he comes with the minister. The minister wanted to tell them a story. And he said, young, young, young people, I want to let you know, Pepe and Luisa, that last night when you said the name of Jesus, there was a great big angel that came over the back of you. And he ran straight to my tent and wanted to know the name that you used that night. Come on, I'm here to tell you there is power in the name of Jesus. And you need to know that. There's power in the name. There is power in the name. There is power in the name. There is authority in the name. Come on, parents. There is authority, authority, authority in the name of Jesus. Now in Acts chapter 1. I'm going to be done in eight minutes. No promises. In Acts chapter 1, you know, you know the story. Jesus is about to leave and he says, in verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we see in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered in one place. And I know there's some people that just cannot make it here live on a Sunday morning, but there's power in agreement. There is power of all the same people in the same room at the same time. Aren't you thankful of the house of God and being in it? Amen? And it said, and suddenly a sound came from heaven, a rushing violent wind, and it filled their whole house where they were sitting. Come on, how many of y'all know it ought to get rowdy in the house of God? Amen? I refuse to go down there to the WRCA and shout like a wild Comanche Indian, and yell at guys that I don't even know or even a football game, and come into the house of God and look like the Indian in... Uh, Dairy Queen at Quanta, Texas that's wooden. Amen? I don't know about you, but when I'm in the house of God, we ought to shout, scream, holler, and be excited because he's not on the cross anymore. He's risen on the third day. Hey, are you awake and alive this morning? Amen? So anyways, the Holy Spirit falls on these people, and he gets up to preach. We read uh, Acts chapter 2 a while ago and out of Joel chapter 2, but then he says this. He begins to preach. He's, verse 22, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazareth. Drop the mic. Say no more. Because we, as Pastor Robert says on Wednesday night, learned so much in Bible school and Revelation. But the one thing that has stuck out to me the most is we've got to keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Jesus. 
Amen? And you need to remember that when you leave here, when you get in the parking lot and somebody makes you mad, even one of your kids or maybe a spouse, don't look at me judgmental. I know if it happens to me, it happens to you. Devil gets in, unless you drive a Honda Accord, that's a, you know, they were all in one Accord. That's a very spiritual car. That's a, that's a corny preacher joke. Thank you for laughing, <laughs> all right? But you, you know what I'm talking about. We've got to keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus of Nazareth. All right. And in this time, that's all he had to say, and I believe it opened up doors of favor. 3,000 people got saved. In fact, we see this in verse uh, 38. And Peter said to them, repent and baptize each of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Kept the main thing about the main thing. 3,000 people. But then we get to chapter 3. Ba-dum-bum. All right? It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple the hour of prayer in the ninth hour. And a man who had been unable to walk from birth was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, so that he could beg alms from those entering the temple. So when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking for coins. Now, I want, I want to point this out. I've preached on this many times before, and I just want to remind you. If you're not careful, whatever you're going through in your life, it's easy to get into a rhythm. Just take me to the gate called beautiful. And when there's an infirmity or maybe something going on in you, you don't want to just sit at home because if you do sit at home, you're only going to get worse. But take me to some beautiful places. Take me to this gate called beautiful. In fact, it's a natural wonder of the world. It's full of gold and all kinds of different stuff. That's what we know from history. But how many of y'all know it's easy to stop searching for an answer and just stay in the place that you are? I know that I'm never going to get past this place in my personality. I know that I'm never going to walk. Can you think about this? This is a guy that's never walked a day in his life. He doesn't even know what walking's about. He's totally given up on it. There's some of y'all, by the the sound of my voice, under the anointing, I believe this. There's people in here, you've dealt with something for 10, 11, 12, 30 years. But it doesn't mean you have to deal with it for the rest of your life. And so, here's the deal. You can be, you can just come to that place, and I, I love the faithfulness of him, of being there. And I don't believe this is the first time that John and Peter's ever seen him. But how many of y'all know you need to be led by the Holy Spirit on times? Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time to be born, there's a time to die. There's a time that you need to say something, and there's a time that you don't need to say something. And this is a time that they're quickened by the Holy Spirit, and all of us in here are looking for a coin. Can I tell you, you're looking for a quick fix. Well, if I just, there, there is, there's a mantra in the earth today. Well, if I just go to church, my life is just going to straighten out. That's a lie. Well, I went to church on Sunday. The enemy still comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Come on, this is why this message is so important for you and I. We've got to walk in authority on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. In January, February, March, and April, and as much authority as we walked in 2023, we've got to do it in 2024. Stay with me. I'm almost done. So they're looking for a coin. So many of us, we look for a coin. Well, I listen to that podcast, or I listen to that Christian song, or actually, I, listen, 
I'm telling you, thank God for coins. How many of y'all know coins can do some things? But it said, but Peter, along with John, stared at him intently and said, look at us. And the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting to receive something from them. I love this. See, an authority came over them. You look me in the eyes, boy. I'm talking to you. And what do they say in verse 6? He said, but Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. And can I just tell you what Peter had? You have too. How many of y'all know what Peter had? You have too. I'm going to say that one more time. Whatever Peter had, you have too. It's the same Holy Spirit. He said, but what I do have that I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Notice he doesn't lay his hands on him. Notice he don't begin to explain what he's going to do. He knew something because of following in the footsteps of Jesus. And one of the last things Jesus told him in Mark chapter 16, in my name, I hope you get it, Peter. In my name, in my name, in my name. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Notice he didn't have to talk him into anything. He said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say authority. Everybody say name. Everybody say authority. Everybody say name. There is authority in the name of Jesus. Man, I hope you get this today. Young people, I hope you get this. Even this week on Monday, I was attacked physically in my body, and I had a lot to do. I had ten head of horses I had to get done. And you know what? When I was leaving the house, I was telling myself all the way the drive to the barn, I was saying, in Jesus' name, body, you line up to the word of God. I can't tell you, I walked in complete victory on Monday night, but Tuesday morning, I was saying it again, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, because I believe this, there is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet if you believe that this morning. How many of y'all, say it one more time, authority. 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 There is authority in the name of Jesus. Come on, let that lion grow up. Some of y'all, there's a little chipmunk down inside of there. You need to be saying this. Your spirit of Katy Perry come over you. You're gonna hear me roar. Can you guys play that? I want to sing it. Okay, sorry. Come on. How many of y'all know the line of the tribe of Judah lives on the inside of you? I'm going to roar like a lion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the King of kings, Lord of lords. Come on, Yahweh, the great I am. Call out to him. The leaf in the top. I'm telling you, it will change. And there's some of you out there already. I can already see it. You're going to be at the dinner table. Uh, I've enjoyed going to church this last couple years. Your kid calls you. Maybe a lawyer calls you. Maybe you read it in the paper, whatever it is. It's time today. Can I tell you, 2024 is going to be worse than 2023 in the world. Can I just be real? Let me give you a word of exhortation. You know why? Because I've read the word. I know it's only going to get worse. But I believe this. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Oh, come on, on all mankind. 
My young boys and young girls, they'll prophesy. Old men dream dreams. I believe he's not finished with me, but I know this, that I've got to walk in authority. I know i got to do it. Politics are big. They're not bigger than God. Amen. There's a new plague coming, preacher. It may be big, but it ain't bigger than God. It may be big, but it's not bigger than God. All this stuff in Israel, it may be. They serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, I believe that with all my heart. If you came in here just to get entertained, listen. I'm giving you something that can help you walk in victory. I'm telling you. I'm giving you a weapon to not leave in the drawer, in the closet, in the safe. Too many Christians got weapons in the safe. Well, I'll get it out when I need it. Well, would y'all get them out for me at least? Because the enemy has came in on American soil. If you're a mom and dad, I hope you really take, if you're a grandma and a grandpa, like your kids ought to say, well, you better call grandma and grandpa. Call Gigi. Dad, I know you prayed for me, but I really like to call Gigi. I want her to pray for me. Okay, son. <laughs> you know why? And I get it. Because there's an authority in the name of Jesus. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.